sky. The Plains Indians had called him the Lone Wanderer. The tribes along the Missouri labeled him White Chief of the Mandan. However, the captain was only to be an observer and report back to Washington. About 800 Indians, led by Cheyenne Chief Black Kettle, were meeting with the territorial governor John Evans, military Civil War hero Colonel John Shivington, and other officers on the fort grounds. A young interpreter told Barclay what was being said. Black Kettle wanted peace, and brought his people along with the Arapaho to surrender. They were willing to go to Oklahoma, under military protection. Evans and Shivington agreed, and the colonel told Black Kettle there was a good place to camp along Sand Creek. Although Barkley wore a heavy coat, he still shivered in the cold, icy wind that was blowing across the fort grounds. He stood behind the seated officers facing Black Kettle and his people, who did not appear too concerned about the weather. Barkley attributed that to the buffalo robes they were wearing, and knew they were better than this damn wool coat that he had on. Shivington spied Barkley as the meeting ended and strode to intercept. "'Are you satisfied, Captain? You got what you wanted?' Barkley chuckled at the Colonel's arrogance. "'Looks simple enough. Black Kettle seems sincere in wanting peace. I gather you're going to send a company as escort?' "'You might say that. When are you leaving? You have got your story. No sense staying here.' You can catch the stage out in the morning. Mark watched the Indians gather their belongings and slowly move out toward Sand Creek. Eh, you're probably right, Mark said as he strolled away. He turned back to see the colonel and governor in a hushed meeting by themselves. Something just didn't seem right. and The captain became suspicious, but he didn't know why. He stayed in Denver at the Colorado Hotel. After dinner, he sensed a stirring in the town. The citizens were angry. Threats were being made against the Indians, and Mark wondered if Shivington could protect the natives. With hardly a sound in town the next morning, an eerie quietness stilled the air. The cavalry had moved out as expected, and only a few people sat in the restaurant, most just trying to stay warm. Mark assumed the colonel got out of town with no trouble, and was now in the process of escorting the Indians onward, at least to the next cavalry post. He paid for his breakfast and made his way to the stage office. An off-handed comment by the stage master took him by surprise. Speaking to another customer, he said, I wonder why the cavalry pulled along two cannon just to escort a tribe of Indians. The customer laughed. Escort, hell. The cavalry's gonna kill them bloodthirsty bastards, the whole damn bunch of them. Captain Barkley changed his mind. He would wait a few more days. Late one afternoon, pandemonium broke out in Denver. 
The cavalry rode in, shouting, shooting, waving scalps and body parts to the yells and cheers of the town residents. Whiskey and beer flowed freely in the saloons and out onto the streets. Mark eyed the uniformed cavalry in disgust. Even the colonel was having a good time of it. But one officer stood back by himself, not drinking, not cheering. Mark edged toward him. What's wrong, soldier? Why aren't you celebrating? The officer eyed Mark coldly. It was a massacre. We were ordered to kill every Indian. Old men, women, babies. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't let my men do it. We stood back and watched the slaughter. How many were killed? Close to two hundred. Some got away.